All right, here we are. We're back. We're back. We are back. A few weeks off, fresh and yep. strong. Yep. <laughs> yep. RTT sixty nine. Sir. Back from vacation. That's back a lot of talking. It's <laughs> a lot of talking. A lot of talking. A lot of That's table talking. A talk. lot of talking. In a way, it seems like we've been doing it longer than that. Mm-hmm. It, I, the whole time thing is strange, especially this year, because yeah. everything changed. There's probably something there in how we experience time and how we process time based on routine and pattern. And because all of that changed in March for most everyone. Right. Um, right. And then and then you moved in between that time. Yeah. And it's just like it seems like that was a long time ago. Because you look back and you think life was different in February. So that makes it seem like it was a longer time ago. <laughs> right? That's true. I think that's very true. I feel like if we were still in the same routine posting up on the warehouse, it probably would be different. It would Our experience would feel different. I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, and so that's it's interesting. Just so how do we perceive reality? How to perceive what's going on? How to remember things? Um you know, we're going to talk about remembering uh, how you, you, know, you look back. What do you remember? Um, like, do you remember your childhood uh, very well? And what do you tend to remember of it? Um, that's a great question. I, I used to not hardly remember it at all. And then as I get a little older, I start to have more clear memories, which I don't I don't know what that is. My wife can remember she will remember a, a something from two years old and she will tell me and I'll be like, I doubt it. And then her mom will verify, no, that happened when she was two. And I'm just like, some people's, and some of my kids do that. They're like, no, yeah. I remember this. And I'm like, you were three. <laughs> but I, yeah. so I remember some things, they're usually big events or they're usually routines. Like this is where we went on vacation every time. So I usually remember those, the, the patterns that repeated themselves, you know, Things yeah, like I'm similar. I, I'm similar. There's a, you know, it's, it always amazes me people who you talk to them and, and they'll tell you a story from when they were a toddler or something. And like, I don't remember <laughs> any of that. And, and, you know, part of it probably is, you know, the kind of the weird childhood I, I had, it, but it, it's interesting what you remember. And sometimes you, re- I remember, like you said, routines are just mundane things or that we mm-hmm. did things. Um, and then we'll, you know, for, we'll get together for reunion or something, which we started doing, uh, many years ago, like every other year. Uh, and that's almost a communal remembering, like, remember when this happened and then people remember things differently. And then that triggers something like, oh yeah, I kind of do remember that when I wouldn't have remember. I mean, I didn't have a reason to remember it, um, before, I wonder if there's some, that's a great point. I wonder if there's something there to, you know, our Western, more individualistic focused lives, if we've lost some of that memory, because if you're in a community in a communal setting and you're storytelling most of the time, you're you're being reminded of all that stuff. Other people are reminding you of your own memories. Right, right, right. I think that's right. I think that for sure for me, because partly, you know, until I was, I don't know, 40, uh, ish, I was pretty much, I mean, didn't have a lot of, uh, extended contact with my family. We were scattered across the country 
And then you're just sort of like going ahead. You're sort of like, you know, building your life and looking ahead and what's on the whatever. And you, you, there's just not, you don't look back very often unless, I mean, I didn't at least right. uh, in that stage of life. Uh, and so then if somebody would have asked me something, I would be like, I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember much of that. Um, and then, yeah, the getting together. And it, I think you are right when fam when there were extended families around, I mean, stories would get told, right? I mean, mm-hmm, people would be mm-hmm. around the family dinner and the story and the story. And, um, I remember some of that from my childhood, you know, when my grandparents were alive and they would talk about something in the depression or something. And it just seemed like so ancient. Like it, it might have been talking about the Civil War or the American Revolution, Depression. You know, when I was a kid, they were all just, you know, distant, distant right. history, like right. so disconnected. Uh, but really, they, I mean, really, they weren't that far. I mean, there's here's somebody who was in my life who lived through it, telling me about it. Uh, and I just think it's an interesting thing. I'm not sure the more individualistic and the more, uh, I don't know, achievement focused or, you know, forward focused we are, I think the less we tend to, we tend to remember. Um, and I wonder sometimes if we just, there's a, there's a uh, impetus not to remember, motivation not to remember, because uh, mm. you don't want to look back at, you know, we talked about nostalgia a while back, you know, you don't want to feel that or you don't want to relive the pain or whatever you move past and you just don't want to go back there that sort of thing mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. yeah so i don't know i just think um i think one of the things that surprises me is um kind of how fast life changes when it doesn't seem like it's changing fast and you only really notice when you look back uh and it could be good or bad, but there tends to be sort of a, uh, I don't know if you're like this, you know, you, something, uh, oh, let's just say, what's a good example. Okay. So like your house, you know, there's something that needs to be repaired in your house and you then repair it and you think, okay, the house is set for a while and then something else. And there's always something, there's always three things. There's like this right. sandcastle nature of, of life where, it's just never there and it's never kind of going to be there. And you want to say, okay, it's that part set and I'm going to move on to the next thing. We want to check the box and move on to the next thing. But life just doesn't, it's not like that. (laughs) It's not like that. Unless unless you're the kind of person that's like, I'm just going to let everything go to ruin because I need conclusions and I need closure. (laughs) It's like, I don't want to face it. But I do think that's true. It's always something. And I think, as you said sandcastles and it reminds me of this uh, thing we did for mother's day at Calvary years ago and talked about how being a mom, young mom, especially as it's like you build a sandcastle all day, the tide comes in, you know, you're, you're doing laundry, you're feeding kids, you're cleaning, whatever it is. If, if that's your station as a young mom. And then the next morning you wake up and it's all over again. And it's like, huh, <laughs> it just never stops in that sense. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a good, I mean, I think a lot of life is like that. I think having little kids kind of certain parts of, of life might, you know, sort of, uh, it magnify the, the, that sense. But I do think more of life is like that than we want to 
believe. And I think, uh, you know, we struggle with that. I think, you know, in our spiritual life, you know, in the church or, you know, things are never just like there, Hmm. you know, you're, you're, you're growing or you're um, slipping back and it's always sort of happening. And we want to think, okay, well, I've got to this point spiritually. I'm never going to go back or we've got to this point spiritually or whatever. And if you don't cultivate it, it's going to, you know, if you you don't exercise it, it's going to atrophy. You don't cultivate it. It's going to get, you know, weed infested or whatever. Uh, And And I I think that's it. Go ahead. I just think that's, I think we don't want to think that way. We don't want to think that way. And I think we, you know, I think we want the the metrics and we want to prove to ourselves, maybe, or at least sometimes and some people that we're, we're further along than we are. We need to believe that we need to believe, um, you know, Jesus said to the Pharisees, you tithe your, your mint and your dill and your cumin, and you neglect the weightier matters. Well, the weightier matters, love, justice, mercy, they're hard to measure. But the other ones are easy to measure. And I think we want yeah. to measure. I, I'm, I'm further along than I really am. But I've learned not to trust that too much uh, in spiritual conversations and church conversations. Yeah. I think that's a good that's a good way of saying it. Yeah, that we want objective measures. And so sometimes we replace subjective with objective to say, yeah, I've I've got that covered. I'm now much more mature than I was 10 years ago because I do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that's what we want to say. And uh, yeah. Do I love more? Do I forgive more? Am I more compassionate? Am I more humble? Uh, You know, those are the sorts of things that, you know, it's like remembering. I don't know if you want to go back and try to remember, uh, you know, those things. Um, And I do think that's, you know, that's part of spiritual life, though, I think is spiritual growth is looking at our life in perspective, really. Uh, and probably things are often maybe not as bad as we would sometimes think, and they're probably not as good, mm. right, as we would sometimes yeah. think. Or we just are judging it wrong, you know. Uh, and I, the, you know, the kicking off of this story of this uh, conversation is a story from towards the end of Nehemiah. We're talking about Ezra and Nehemiah, this going back to the land from exile and, you know, re-inhabiting and reestablishing and rebuilding and reforming. And, uh, and so the temple's rebuilt and they started practicing in the temple and there, the wall is rebuilt and they, you know, they've rededicated themselves to the law. They've had this period where they, you know, they realized they were, you know, messing up and they repented and, and all seemed sort of well, better, like taken care of, like handled. And then Nehemiah goes back to Persia for a little while. Uh, and then I think he gets news or he comes back. I'm not, I'm, I don't remember exactly that the wheels are coming off again. Mm-hmm. Uh, that all of these bad things are, and he goes back again to sort of, again, try to clean up the mess. And it's sort of like the house he built, he thought it was fine. Uh, he went away for a while and, and then a bunch of stuff needed to be repaired in a sense. And so he struggles to, 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 to set things right. And so it's sort of, to me, if, you know, if the people of God can be thought of in the Old Testament just to represent the people of God now, uh, not necessarily our nation, 
but you know, the church, our local church, our own spiritual lives, our family, it seems like the lesson is, you know, if you work hard for a while to get things taken care of, then I mean, things are not taken care of fully and finally. And there's no substitute for continuing to practice, continuing the rhythms, continuing the service, you know, uh, continuing uh, confession and uh, forgiveness and that the, there's an action, there's a sandcastle effect in our spiritual lives yeah. as well. But if we sort of, I'm here and I sort of then assume I'm going to be here and sort of do other things or move on, then there's an erosion. We go backwards, mm. we slip backwards. Uh, and I think that's, you know, Nehemiah, Nehemiah 13 is really where this, where this is coming from. And he says, remember in that chapter a number of times, remember, uh, Nehemiah 13, verse 14, remember me for this, my God, and do not hold what I have so faithfully done for the house of my God and its service. Do not blot out what I have so faithfully done for the, for the house of my God and its services. So sort of like, hey, make it count. For, I mean, all that stuff, make it count for something. Yeah. Like it seemed like it counted for something and now it's all slipping away. Uh, you know, verse 22, remember me for this also, my God, and show mercy to me according to your great love. Uh, and that's sort of a, um, maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't take care of it quite as comprehensively as I thought. So I need you to sort of fill in the blanks and sort of, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, make everything right that was wrong. Um, there's a, in verse 29, remember them, my God, because they defiled the priestly office and the covenant of the priesthood and the Levites. And that's sort of a, all the people who messed up my house when I was gone, remember them. And there's a sense in which that's, you know, sort of imprecatory, but also a releasing of, you know, if I'm asking God to remember them and take care of them, then I, you know, I, that's probably necessary for me to not be remembering them all the time. Uh, and then finally remember me with favor, my God. So there's, there's this sense of, uh, I get the sense that he's sort of fighting against the futility. You know, he, everything seems fine. Or he says that, you know, in his mind, he goes back to Persia and then comes back. It's like, was this all for nothing? Yeah. Right. Does it, did it count for anything? Uh, and I kind of, I mean, I relate to that in a weird way because I've never gone back to rebuild the wall of a city or anything that was so, I don't know, visible. But you can still look back on your ministry, look back on your life, look back on being a parent and go, did it mean anything? <laughs> right? Did it count? Because there are times you think, oh, I'm pretty good. I'm a pretty good parent. And then it's like, ah, geez, you know, uh, you know, have mercy on me. Then your kids start to process what happened as a child and they tell you. And then you're like, like, and then you're like, have mercy on me. You know, I obviously (laughs) wasn't as good as I thought. And, and, and so there's just this nature of like, you know, we want to kind of go down the list and progress through life or go up the chain or go down the path. And, you know, we're just, it doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. And there's this erosion that's constantly happening. And there's this sense of ongoing futility is, is, 
I can't think of a better word. It's not futile, but I think the way we think of it, that we have taken care of it, mm-hmm. and then we realize we haven't taken care of it, can lead us to a sense of futility. And then we have to, that's kind of what this feels like Nehemiah is processing here. It feels like this was, this was all for nothing or futile. And, you know, I'll try to fix it again. But when I die, it's just going to go back to, you know, chaos. Um, that I can't manage this. I can't fix it. I can't stay on top of it. Uh, but there's part of that that seems like, well, that's a necessary realization that if, right, God has to do it if it's going to be done. Yeah. And, and maybe that's, that's bumping up against that. Well, I think that's true. Um, and I, I, I appreciate what you're trying to do with the distinction here of, okay, it's it's not futile because we have faith that God takes that initiates the work in and through us sustains it and continues to move it and yet much of our experience is the bucket leaks so we have to keep putting water in it the tide comes in so we have to build all over again um you know i'm thinking of a conversation i had the the brilliant uh, part of being in two different cities is i can tell stories that i don't think people will listen to (laughs) as i had a conversation with a young guy who's on my team here and it was just very clear about four weeks ago like what when we were talking like what the vision was for him going forward what ministry looked like um several steps that we needed to take and you probably had this experience in a different or same or different type of way for others um and then we talked yesterday and and he's completely lost the path so to speak It, it was like we had to revisit that conversation and oh, oh, and then it was very clear, very clear. And I feel like that's probably true on a lot of different levels. We, mm. even for ourselves, we, yeah. it's clear for us one moment, um, the way we're supposed to go, how we live for God today or this season. And it's easy to uh, forget. It's easy to drift. It's easy to get lost, so to speak. And then mm-hmm. we need reminding. So, yeah, I think that's true. And it's, but it's not, that's our experience. And I think maybe there's other lessons in here to be learned, but there's an attentiveness that has to happen. And maybe that's what Nehemiah is grieving is, well, I wasn't there to be attentive to it. And I feel like somebody should have helped be attentive to it. And that didn't happen. Yeah. All right. Right. Do I have to do everything around here? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think that's right. I do think when you're helping other people, it's easier to see yeah. that, that don't we all have some sort of realization about what we need to do, who we need to be, how we need to change. And then 17 days later, you remember that you had the realization and you're not really doing anything different. Like, you know, I don't know if that, if it, you know, it's oversimplification to say change is hard. Actual change is hard. Knowing that you need to change is hard, but not that hard knowing what the change needs to be is hard is harder than that but then actually changing <laughs> is really hard it's stay, it it, 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 staying and changing and staying changed is really hard and i think yeah. there's sometimes the sense of futility where you look back in your own spiritual life and you think i thought i was past that i thought that yeah. was fixed right i thought i thought i was better than that and you have to realize, nope, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not better than that, actually. Yeah. Uh, I am 
not what I want. I mean, things are not the way uh, that I want to believe they are. And it's only when I'm really being honest and really remembering that I confront it. Because it, it, sometimes there's a sense of, I don't know, when, you know, I'm trying to think of, you know, remembering when, you know, you had to clean your room or something. There's always a sense of, I mean, to really clean your room would be, well, ridiculous. I mean, who does that? <laughs> it's so, you know, it's just sort of, a, isn't this good enough? You know, you push everything under the bed or, or whatever and just say, it's fine. It looks fine. It's, it's, it's fine. It's better. It passes inspection. <laughs> yes, it passes inspection. Uh, and then you can't find your, you know, baseball glove uh, or something. And I think there's a lot of that where we want to think things are fine. So like, even when you're talking to the staff member, having this sense of, um, okay, he has this sense of, cause you know, I've had this realization. Okay. I get it now. I get it. Yes. Get it. Got it. <laughs> and now I know what to do. And there's this sense then that, okay, now you're, that's that you're done somehow. No, you're finished. Like, right. Absolutely. You're finished. And then you realize later, okay, that real that realization has gone nowhere. Mm -hmm. You haven't done anything with it. It made you feel good to have the realization and to understand, have some increased understanding, but it didn't translate into any sort of, you know, action. Uh, I think that's another thing that we do as well. We we lean we we take these points of realization as if they're growth. Mm -hmm. And they're actually like the necessary part of growth, but they're not actually like you got to do something with that. I wonder if there's some type of, of wisdom in here for protecting us from becoming embittered, because I think you're right. I think we like it was easy for me after that conversation to go ahead and turn my mind and hands towards something else because I thought, cool, took care of that. Pat myself yep. on the back. Well, that's that's yep. good. Um, yeah. But then the reality was, oh, no, it, I have to keep turning my mind and hands back to that plow. And I think if if we're not careful, we can become embittered with, no, that was done. I was done with that. You know, I was done with that point in our marriage conversation. We finished. I told you that. We got to that I point. I told why you that, going, right. Yeah. Why are we going back here and mm -hmm. blah, 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 or parenting or our own spiritual life? It's easy to become embittered if we don't. This is a, a part of maturity that I think I can understand cognitively. I don't know if I'm here of holding, holding these things very loosely, holding spiritual growth, open-handed, more of a spectrum than a ladder, more of a spiral of descent uh, than a, a stair step up. And I could act like I'm five today. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Under stress mm -hmm. and under whatever I could regress quickly. So there's no guarantee that I'm going to get to this, a uh, sense of arrival or sense of I'm always going to be patient now. It's a, it's a daily grind. It's an open hand back to the plow. But if I have that mindset, it, it could protect me from becoming embittered towards myself, towards others, towards God. Like if, can I accept that the work is never really done and yeah, that's, that's right. and find joy in that, find some sort of joy yeah. in that. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's the, the the sort of existential realization of that is it's very simple to say, but it's very painful or hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you talked about you know as you as we grow, you know, one sign of spiritual growth should be some sense of 
awareness of how far away I am. The more I grow, the more I realize I, the more I need to grow. And again, just saying that is a, oh, okay, I get that. That makes sense. In some sense, that makes me feel better for understanding it. But actually living through that is painful mm-hmm. because you it fights against the, I thought this was taken care of. I thought I'd gone past this point. I thought I didn't have to think about this anymore. Uh, and then when you're talking about, like you say, with other people, it's it's worse because you can get embittered of, you know, I've said this, we've talked about this, um, you know, you should basically you should know better. You should be better to other people when we, you know, also we're saying that to ourselves, like you should know better, you should be better. And yeah, probably that's true. But the reality is that's not it's, that's not part of the story we're in where things just don't, you know, things just don't magically get better. And I kind of keep coming back to the whole house thing where, uh, or, you know, your car, you wash your car and it gets dirty again, or you get a new car and there's the first scratch. Right. And you, so it's like a surprise, like, Oh, a scratch. Like, what did you think? It was never going to get scratched. <laughs> you would hope, you know, <laughs> right. There was some blind hope, uh, but that's just the world we live in where things will erode, degrade, rust, atrophy. Uh, and we have to kind of keep going and, and the one hand keep grinding and the other hand, keep surrendering or living mm-hmm. independence you know, because that's the part where, you know, when Nehemiah says, you know, have mercy on me, don't blot out, basically don't blot out all this stuff that's happened, make it count for something. Uh, that's, I think, a pretty healthy place to be. If there's a realization that, um, that I can't fix it, that I can't keep it fixed, that you have to do it, that, you know, you have to um, make it right keep it right, uh, repair it. Uh, and I just think that's a painful, it's a hard realization that I want to think I painted the house and Mm -hmm. that's done. You know, uh, it'll never fade. It'll never crack. It'll never peel. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) I think we want so desperately to hand in a completed assignment. And yep. I think I think God hides this from us when we're newer on the journey, uh, because I think we often hand in some sort of completed assignments, and then we start to realize these assignments keep coming, and it seems to be the same lessons that I have to keep learning. Mm-hmm. So then we realize, okay, maybe my goal is not to complete, not to hand in a completed assignment, but to just keep working at it and keep, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of. Um, John Calvin wrote a very short book, though, I think it's called the little golden handbook for the Christian life. And one of the things he says in there was just so encouraging to me. He talked about measuring your own spiritual growth. And he said, um, you know, even if you take one small step over the course of 10 or 20 years, that that is enough. Be encouraged. You know, it's not I'm going to be this perfect person or um you know, we got a lot of weight to carry. Some of us have mm-hmm. heavier baggage and, and whatnot, mm-hmm. different, different yeah. types of baggage, so to say. But I think it's true. And I think when I think about myself and I think about others, it's, it's more and more true. I think, uh, oh, we're barely growing in patience and compassion and love, but that's okay. That's good. 
we're growing, we're moving yeah. somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. I think it's that, yeah, growth is hard. Um, God has to do it, celebrate what he's doing. Uh, even if it seems, man, it should be more. It just, life isn't like that. And uh, I do think that's a, there's a, there's a fine line perhaps between sort of living independence and sort of living passively. That, mm-hmm. I think that's a hard, like growth is hard, uh, that we will, be t- we will tend towards erosion and atrophy and that's hard, but it matters. Like both of those things, it's not futile. It does matter. Uh, don't be passive. Don't throw up your hands. Don't say, what's the use? Like both of those things, we have to somehow hold intention that I can't handle it. I can't check the box. I can't just do it and move on. And yet it's also not futile. It's not um, worthless. It, it has meaning. Uh, and, you know, God has to hold that in some way to make sense of it. And so that I keep going when I can't actually ever get to the end. Like I have to keep going and never get to the end. It matters that I keep going, but I can't get to the end. Um, I just think that's a really hard place to be, to stay. I think you've named the tension. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you think it's hard because it's really a form of suffering and it's hard to integrate suffering into our life? Yeah, I mean, that's a one, that's a clear way of putting it where, yeah, it, this involves suffering, pain, hardship. I want to pretend it doesn't, or it shouldn't. Maybe I want to pretend it shouldn't. That's good. Uh, And that even that it is, that it is, and I think it shouldn't, is a dissonance of uh, something must be wrong because it shouldn't feel this way. When really, no, it, it should feel this way and nothing is wrong. That's actually the right part of it. I just don't want to feel like it's just so hard or it just feels futile or it just, it should be done by now or it should be. And it is hard to live in that place that, you know, integrating that suffering where, no, this is just part of the process. Mm -hmm. And without it, you're not really growing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I do feel like, um, I was having this correspondence with a, a Christian that's just much more, the spiritual life seems much more cut and dried to them. Like, nope, that's it. You know, uh, this is what the Bible says. This is what's true. Uh, we don't have to keep talking about it. Like, that's it, cut and dried. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's setting ourselves up for a real disappointment because it actually, it isn't like that. I mean, you do have to relearn things. Mm-hmm. You do have to re-encounter things. Somebody will tell you something key about moving forward and you'll say, yes, aha. And then a month later, you'll, oh yeah, <laughs> right. right. I forgot about that <laughs> totally. Um, and I, um, I think, so that should lead me to, at the end of the chapter, Nehemiah says, remember me with favor. Like at the end, that's all I have left is to throw myself on God's grace and to have grace for other people, to have grace for the people that we think should be farther along, have grace for ourselves, that um, 
yep, it seems like this, but it isn't. And I have to have grace for that. Uh, and that's, again, I think that's a slippery concept of grace doesn't mean it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. uh, right. It's still meaningful. It still matters. It matters that we're not where we ought to be, but there's grace for that. Both of yep. those things are true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think, um, I'm, I'm working on a message for this weekend and I'm going to try to bring in Teresa of Lisieux, who was a French Carmelite nun. And I'm going to paraphrase a quote of hers for this podcast, but she says it, it really doesn't matter how, you know, Jesus doesn't look at our deeds on how great they are, how small they are. What matters is that we do them with love. Mm. And I think that's incredibly true. And I think it's also encouraging because you and I both know just where we are in our seasons of life, the daily grind can, it can, it can feel futile. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have to do this again. And I wish that weren't true. Mm -hmm. But once our mind shifts and our perspective shifts to no matter how small, can I do the dishes? Can I mow the lawn? Can I send the email with amounts of love? And that, that's what I think God looks on. And, you know, I think you're saying this, remember me, God is rem remembering his faithfulness to us. And I think we're being reminded in the intersection there of it does matter. And it mm -hmm. matters how I do these small tasks mm -hmm. that Jesus has invited me to, because it's his creation. All of right. it is his creation. And we've been put here to tend to it. Yes. So that's, that's really just a question of, as we remember, as we're assigning value, we tend to misassign value. Uh, we tend to want to accomplish uh, and assign value to accomplishment rather than to value, you know, transformation, Christ-likeness, love, grace. Uh, and it, 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 the paradox is, is you can't really grow in those if you're feeling accomplished on top of it, handled, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Like those are things that are at odds, put together. Yes. Uh, the more put together and accomplished and I've got it handled, I feel the less I'm tending to towards humility, grace, love. Uh, and so again, there's a tension there. Uh, it doesn't mean just drift through life and say, it's all love and grace, baby. <laughs> right. It's not that. And it's not, you know, it's not the grind. It's somehow integrating the, both of those into, into one thing. And then at the end of that, just saying, I'm obviously not going to do this as well as I need to do it. Remember me with favor. Oh my God. You know, have mercy on me, fill in the blanks, you know, make it good when it's not good in me. And that's yep. kind of where I, right. That's where it's an entrusting, it's a, I'm doing it and I know that it matters, but it's a continual entrusting to God, fill in the blanks, yep. have mercy, take this and grow it. Like it's, it's up to you. Right. Right. Yeah. So I guess that's probably a good spot to leave it here. Uh, that, you know, to sort of think about that tension, live in that tension, uh, to, as we look at our own lives to give ourselves space to be honest and to be gracious and also then to live in dependence on what God is doing, to hold that intention, to try to grind forward and to have grace at the same time uh, for ourselves and others uh, is 
I mean, it sounds depressing to say, but that's probably where we're going to be our whole our whole lives. Yeah, that's right. True. Yep. And helping other people live in that tension uh, as well. Uh, so with that, let's sort of, I guess, celebrate that uh, that tension and celebrate how it drives us to into God's grace. And uh, with that, we hope you have a great week. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.